nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from Rwanda, this is the afternoon show with Dr. Harine Otieno. If it is six o'clock East African time or 5 p.m. Central African time, that is a time in Kigali where I sit, and of course, 3 p.m. GMT on Teachers Talk Radio, then you know you will be having Dr. Herin Otieno Menya sharing or connecting with all teachers from across the world to have a conversation on Matters Education Africa. So we will be joined, I believe, by many more people. But as you come in, please note, this is Teachers Talk Radio, and you can participate in the conversation. Actually, we derive pleasure or identity on our being able to talk one to another as teachers from across the world and especially on sunday afternoon show it is time for teachers from across africa to talk one to another so i'm going to continue um waiting for um for our guest speaker to join us today and he is going to be able to um to actually call in and then I will invite him into the hot seat. But for those of us who are already here, oh, James, you're back. So please call in so that I can in I can, I can invite you into the hot seat of being the guest for today. So James Ngugi, please call in. Meanwhile, we have Paul Ngugi, we have James Karanja. I believe many more people will be joining us as we go on. We were a little late with this. But as I was saying, this is Teachers Talk Radio. And every Sunday afternoon, we gather around the African continent to have a conversation on matters education Africa. And I am joining you from the land of a thousand hills, Kigali. And we will be having a very interesting conversation today, led by our very own James from Kenya. James, please, it is time to call in. We are going to be talking about boarding schools in Africa the rosy and thorny issues around teaching and learning in boarding schools in Africa. And this is part of a series that we started three weeks ago. We started a series in trying to begin looking at the instructional practices in Africa schools. And we, we, we've we had two major conversations and I'll be talking a little bit about that. Thank you, Paul, for telling us that you're listening from Nairobi. Thank you for joining in. James, which part of Kenya, I'm assuming you're in Kenya, which part of Kenya are you joining us from? That is James Karanja. And James Google, please call in so that we can invite you into the hot seat of being the guest today to help us have this conversation about boarding schools in Africa, the rosy and the thorny issues around instructional practices in boarding schools. So um, I can see that we have James Karanja actually joining us from the University of Nairobi. Thank you very much for honoring us with your presence. We expect many more people to join us from different parts of the country. I can see we have Pasha. Pasha, welcome. Kindly tell us where you are joining us and listening in from. Are you listening in from which part of the world? So please let us know maybe by text and let us know um, where you're joining us where from. Where you're joining and, us from. Uh, Paul, um, 
Paul has joined in as a speaker before James. Okay, Paul, now that you've joined in, I'm just going to give you some time to say hello. That is if you have a headphone. If you don't have a headphone, it might be a little difficult to you talking in. But well, you can say hello, Paul. Paul? Paul, do you Okay. Paul has joined in as a speaker, but is not able to um, talk in. But um, I'm going to be able to um, to ask James to to actually join in, and um, I'm waiting for him to join in. Um, And um, Pasha is joining us from Iran. Thank you very much, Pasha, for joining us from Iran. This is really interesting. As I was looking at some of the research on boarding schools, I actually came across a research from Indonesia alongside the research papers that I reviewed on boarding schools from Africa. So it's really exciting to have you join us from Iran. And hopefully you will tell us whether... Um, whether um, there are boarding schools in Iran also, and how that, how what I mean, what are the unique instructional practices? I am sorry, uh, James. Please try calling in again. I'm not so sure what happened. I um. So we have, yes, James. Please try calling in again because I think I thought I saw your call and I was able to admit, but that ended up being somebody else. So please try calling in again. I'm not so sure what happened, but please try calling in again. Um, so James is our speaker from Kenya and we are crossing all our fingers that James will be able to join us. Francois from Rwanda, welcome for joining. Uh, welcome and thank you for joining. Um, if you are um, on this show, I just want to remind us that this is Teachers Talk Radio and we are supposed to be talking one to another. So beginning with introductions, telling us where you are joining us in from is the first step in our creating a sense of connection so that we can continue with conversation throughout the show. Um, we are still waiting for James to call in again. James, please try again. Let's see what happens. And Pasha, thank you. Could you kindly let us know, Pasha, as we wait for the others to join in? Do we have boarding schools in Iran? Or are all your schools, especially basic education, that is what you would consider as primary and secondary education from, let's say, um, six years to 17 years. Do you have boarding schools in Iran? Please let us know, Pasha, so that we can use this opportunity to learn a little bit about what's going on in other parts of the world with regards to boarding schools. So if boarding school, boarding school, so these are schools where our students don't go back home, they sleep in the school instead of going, coming in the morning and going back home. Do you have schools that are boarding school? Yes, thank you, Pasha, for confirming that. I can see that you're getting more people joining us from other parts of the world. And, and, um, and we want to find out what's going on. As I was saying when I was doing my research for this paper, um, I was actually, I came across a paper from Indonesia also talking about the difference between boarding schools and day schools. And it was very interesting just scanning through some research that has been done on boarding schools. I, I was able to scan through a few research papers. Um, Kenya, we have some papers on boarding schools talking about the issues of accessibility and the fact that day schools are more accessible, but there's a concern with 
quality. And then I, I, I was able to review a paper from Nigeria, also seeming to, seeming to suggest the same and talking about the difference in performance and sense of motivation among students in boarding schools and day schools. Um, Pasha, you want to say something? I'm going to invite you to say something as we wait for... Um, hi, Pasha, how are you? Hi, hi, hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Um, you said you're joining us from Iran? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Iran. Thank you very much. Uh, invited me to speak and I'm from Iran, yeah. Uh, we have yes. uh, this kind of a school in Iran and mm -hmm. uh, of course in some area we have this kind of a school uh, as you know because of the uh, because of the covid uh, mm -hmm. these uh, schools uh, these schools are uh, um, not uh, are not um, working now uh, and mm -hmm. um, and, and because of the covid uh, most of the schools uh, and universities um has not attended has oh, not started oh. yet yeah 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 because of the covid oh sorry yeah. about that yes covid covid is uh, has actually disrupted most of our lives but as human beings we are tenacious we are persistent i believe over time we'll be able you will be able to get your systems back to where they were but thank you very much for jumping in and telling us a little bit about iran are you listening to us right now from iran uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from Iran. In south of Iran, I am in uh, Bandar Abbas and uh, Hormuz Gun University. And uh, in my opinion, uh, pardon me, in my opinion, uh, the uh, daily daily school is, uh, in my opinion, is better than uh, those body schools, uh, as you as you mentioned. Uh, because uh -huh. they, uh, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, because they, yes, uh, uh, because they uh, uh, students. Uh, have time to talk with their uh, uh, family, with their friends, and they are uh, their mind is, uh, is free. Is is it's free? They have uh, uh -huh. free time to to create your mind. I do apologize mm. um, because my English is not so good uh, as you. No, like it's you. perfect. We can get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying yeah. uh, you, yeah. you really think that day schools are better because the students are able to connect with their families, they're able to talk with their family, and that provides an opportunity for their mind maybe to develop, unlike uh, yeah. uh, what you have seen in boarding schools in Iran? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. And okay. really nice that you've jumped into this conversation. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank I'm you, listening Pasha. to you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Let's go. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, Pasha, for jumping in. That's really, really the um the cornerstone of um of of, of Teachers Talk Radio, that we can talk one to another from across different parts of the world. I'm still looking for James. I can't see him online now. Um, Paul, I can see your back. You say that um, you you lost connection. Paul, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about yourself because you tried calling in. If you're able to call in now, you could actually just call in and I'll allow you to say something. After all, um, our speaker for, from today is supposed to be from Kenya. And in the event that things don't work out well, we hope that those of you who are from Kenya and all of us can actually just jump into this conversation and we can continue exchanging ideas just in the same manner as uh, Pasha has been able to do that. So, Paul, please tell us, where are you joining us from? Are you um, 
do you work within the education sector and if you have a thought about boarding schools so those of us who are joining now welcome on board as i say this is dr herino tieno menya or sometimes as i refer to myself africa's own education doctor and education evangelist we are supposed to have a special show looking into issues related to boarding schools and this is part of our series where we have been looking at issues in, about instructional practices in um in in africa's classrooms and we started the first show on that series we had a conversation with a teacher from ghana and we started by looking at timetables school timetables from across a number of african countries and it was very interesting because we found some commonalities for example we found that for the countries whose timetables we were able to get that is zimbabwe we got timetables from tanzania from from Kenya, we were able to uh, look at timetables from Ghana and from Namibia. And we realized that for a majority of our schools, um, our timetables, students are in class for up to eight hours a day. It is only Namibia that had a very interesting timetable because their timetable suggested, the copy that I was given suggested that students come in at around eight o'clock and by two o'clock, they are done with school. So James, are you now on? Can you hear me, James? Hello, James. I just admitted James um, uh, in. Um, can, you, can you hear me, Okay, please? so James, yes, James, now you're connected. How are you doing? Yes, I'm okay, I'm doing well. Sorry, Dr. Ali, for that. Uh, sorry, sorry, it's all technology. I also didn't have yes. a very good start. I could not play my opening jingles. I was a little late because for some reason they were not just playing, but that is technology for us. But what yes. we have learned as we do anytime as human beings, we always find a way around it. So thank you very much for persisting and coming on board. So we are really excited because now the hot seat, the guest of the day is seated right in the room. And in a minute, I will be giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself. So James, just just, just take a sip of your water as you, as you wait to introduce yourself. I can already see we have a number of uh, live listeners from, um, from, from different countries. We have with us persons from Kenya here to cheer you on and to join into the conversation. I can see a number of teachers from Rwanda. We've just had a very short conversation. I guess you are, you are hearing with Pajia, who is joining us yes. all the way from Iran. And you've just learned that, yes, indeed, Iran also has boarding schools, though in different parts. But currently, there's a challenge because of COVID. Such schools are not open. And Pajia has already thrown in his reflections about boarding schools versus day schools. And he started by saying, in his opinion, he's persuaded that day schools are much better. But we'll be coming back to that. So ladies and gentlemen, please sit back and be ready to join into this conversation today when we'll be looking at issues around boarding schools, the thorny and the rosy issues, the good and the bad, if I may use plain language about on instructional practices in Africa's boarding school. And we're going to use Kenya as a window for that conversation. But as I said, I have just reviewed some research papers on boarding schools. I've looked at a paper from Kenya, a paper from Nigeria. I've scanned through a paper from Australia. And so there's been 
There's quite some interesting thoughts. But most importantly, we will be keen to hear from our listeners, their comments on the show. Thank you, Paul, for saying this is an excellent show. So this is time where now I turn over the mic to our guest for today to introduce himself. James, in few words, tell us who you are and welcome. Over to you, James. Thank you, Thank you very much, Daktari. Um, I am James Ngugi, uh, a teacher of um, 26 years in high school. Mm -hmm. That is the experience that I have in education sector. And I have risen through the ranks to become a senior principal of uh, high school in Kenya. Uh, I have mm -hmm. 13 years experience as, as a mm -hmm. high school uh, principal. Uh, mm -hmm. And of the thirteen, and all the thirteen years um, mm -hmm. of principalhood have been mm -hmm. in boarding schools, um, uh -huh. and these boarding schools are, are various. There are those mm -hmm. um, I've headed a school which is which practices co-education, that is boys and girls boarding, mm -hmm. and uh, I've also been a principal of a purely boys school. So thirteen mm -hmm. years is good enough experience to. To have a of and, course and, uh, uh, yeah to have a to to to, to have an in, uh, to have a talk to have a real talk on on what schools <laughs> are yes yes you. and you are and you are on the right place because we are actually live on teachers talk radio so definitely it is time to have some talk some conversation and it's really really um um, great to hear that, I mean, you have been teaching for the last 26 years and now yes. you are a principal, not just a principal, a senior principal. And you are within those 13 years of being a principal, you have actually headed boarding schools, boarding um, of two categories, boys and girls and purely yes. boys. So you are the right person to actually sit on that hot seat and lead the conversations and reflections even as we listen and hear what else is going on in other places so i can see we have more people joining in theonist kalimunda where are you joining us in from remember as you join in please go onto the chat box and actually introduce yourself tell us where you're listening listening from and of course anytime as we have these conversations don't wait for me to ask any question throw in your thoughts what um, and your thoughts and your insights about boarding schools from your experience either as a student teacher or just observations or research so let's come back to you james i was just telling uh, all the other live listeners that this is the third show on the series on instructional practices in Kenyan schools. And I still believe that I'm just scratching the surface. I'm laying the ground for the deeper conversation. In the first session, we had a teacher, one of our very own teachers from Ghana join in and share with us what's going on in Ghana, especially in terms of school timetables. How long do, how long, um, is a school day in Ghana. And this was in comparison to other countries. I have just mentioned Tanzania, Rwanda, um, Zimbabwe, and Namibia. And we had a bit of a conversation really asking ourselves what really informs the hours that our students stay in the classroom. And we had this pertinent question, are our students, um, are we over teaching? as Africans, are we over teaching in, I, I mean, those number of hours, are, the, 
are they really valid? Should our students be sitting in school or in class in a day for an average of eight to 10 hours? And we had an interesting conversation on that. And um, I will be picking your mind on that today. But then on the second time, we said, let's, let's take a step back and say, let's look at teacher training. What's going on in our teacher training colleges and how does it connect with the instructional practices that we're seeing in our schools especially as a continent because right now many countries in africa have recently or have been shifting from one curriculum to another the most popular one being cbc so what is it how is it that our instructional practices are changing based on the curriculum and what is it that our teachers are being taken through in their teacher training colleges and we had a very interesting conversation with a teacher trainer from tanzania last sunday and then today we have you james seated on the seat to talk about boarding schools because they're different boarding schools and in the first conversation there was a little bit of a suggestion that perhaps the number of hours that students stay in school vary i mean in class vary between boarding schools and day school. So let me start by just asking you this question, James. You have said that you have been heading boarding schools for the last 13 years. And even before that, you were teaching. So you have risen through the ranks, meaning that you started with teaching. So I want you to perhaps just tell us in terms of your opening shots, are the instructional practices in boarding schools, based on your experience, different from the instructional practices in day schools. You could use examples, for example, how many hours students stay in class. And potentially, if uh, in terms of approaches, now that they, the students are together within the same environment, the whole day, the whole week. Your thoughts, James? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, basically, uh, there is a difference, though not um, very much mm -hmm. uh, in my experience. Uh, you, you know when it comes to boarding schools it means that you are mm. with the children for 24 7 um, mm. meaning that you can give instructions um, directions on what to do and uh, and leave the students to do to, to perfect those instructions at another time of course under supervision mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that cannot happen in in, mm -hmm. in their school because if, mm -hmm. um, the, the moment uh, you are through with the day's uh, activity, that is the curriculum, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, the formal curriculum, then mm -hmm. uh, you release mm -hmm. the children to go home. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and therefore you have to concentrate on all giving the instructions that you have to give within that particular time that they are in school. But in the mm -hmm. case of boarding schools, you can mm -hmm. uh, gi uh, give partial instructions, partial directions, and then mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, give assignments and things like that. And then mm -hmm. under supervision at um, mm -hmm. the hours that uh, the others have gone home, then uh, mm -hmm. these uh, students in boarding schools can, uh, can, 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 can continue. So there is a difference also. When it comes to things like evaluation, you can, mm -hmm. you can do um, evaluation. Um, there's more time for you to evaluate what you have done mm -hmm. during the day. Uh, which mm -hmm. you can do probably at night or a, a few hours, a few hours uh, after the others have, you know, have gone. Because there is always mm -hmm. that time when uh, mm -hmm. the students will re relax a bit. There is a co-curricular activity uh, uh, after mm -hmm. the, you know, the formal 
classroom activity mm-hmm. they may relax a bit there could be games there could be clubs uh, and other activity to engage the students then thereafter mm-hmm. maybe during uh, at night uh, mm-hmm. the students now can uh, uh, get time on their own because usually uh, during that time the students mm-hmm. are on their own although there are times mm-hmm. you can uh, uh, you can directly or indirectly supervise them but basically they are on their own and uh, mm-hmm. you have already issued instructions on what they are supposed to do during that time. Thank you. Okay. So quite some quite some threads there, James. Um, you're talking about the fact that um, the instruction, instructional practices might not be that different, but perhaps the time spent on the learning activities may vary. And you are suggesting that based on your experience and observation in the schools that you have been in, um, in Kenya, that uh, your boarding school students tend to have additional time that can allow them perhaps to to engage more with what they have been taught, that may provide a little bit of flexibility, because I had you talk about partial uh, instructions, because the students will then have time to look at it. Um, You've talked some time in the night looking at it. Now, I'm going to come back to some of this, but let me just ask you very simply, in terms of school timetables, let's just use a very direct example. In terms of school timetables, the time that students sit down in class to be taught, let's start with that. Is there a difference in boarding school compared to day school? If you are to talk about perhaps cumulatively, the number of hours a student is taught in a day or stays in class in a day is it generally different no it is it is indifferent but i will tell you now mm-hmm. in kenya what, what happens mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is that because of this cutthroat competition eh, for placement uh-huh. and, and you know academic success eh, um, mm-hmm. schools have devised ways of uh, giving extra uh, contact time between the mm-hmm. teacher and, and the students. And it mm-hmm. works so well with the boarding schools because in boarding schools, mm-hmm. students can wake up a little bit earlier and then uh, the, the schools can create an extra lesson, um, mm-hmm. which, which is, which is uh, aside the, the regular, the regular mm-hmm. timetable. They can create an extra time. And that, that's what happens in most boarding schools in Kenya. Okay, it is not... Mm-hmm. Um, um, uniform. It's not uniformly mm-hmm. applied, but in most uh, boarding schools in Kenya, there is um, an extra time that is created for contact time between the, mm-hmm. the, the the teacher and the and the and the student. So, the, so, so for that reason, uh, in my view, there is more contact time uh, mm-hmm. for boarding schools uh, than in in uh, day schools in Kenya today. Okay, try to give us a picture. When we say more contact hours, so one of the things you've said is that perhaps the students can wake up earlier and be in class early. How early generally do students in boarding school get to class? And how late do they leave class? (laughs) Thank you. That's a good question. Now, in in most uh, boarding schools in Kenya, students Mm -hmm. are in class by 5, 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Yeah, typically that is in most Mm -hmm boarding school there are some schools where the, the students even wake up earlier but i think mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. Uh, in many schools they wake up at five uh and usually they, mm-hmm. they they work yeah, at dawn uh, and they usually have mm-hmm. a dawn prep that one is usually um their own uh, prep they, they 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 are not they are not taught mm-hmm. 
usually in many schools though there are some schools where teachers even go to teach during that time but uh, um uh-huh. Uh-huh. in 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 in, uh, in an ideal situation the dawn prep is reserved for the students to study and they, they believe we believe as educators that that is the best time that the student can uh, you know understand concept because the, the brain is still very fresh and then immediately they go I, for breakfast uh-huh. go ahead yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they go for breakfast go maybe around uh, uh, probably around 6:30 to 7 uh, that is when they go mm-hmm. for breakfast and then they do their morning cleaning then there is mm-hmm. usually another time which is created there between then and the time they will start the normal uh, school timetable usually in most mm-hmm. in the most schools you will find that there is some 40 50 minutes between mm-hmm. 6 and 8 mm-hmm. uh, which is created ostensibly for contact time now between the teacher mm-hmm. and uh, the students this is okay well um you, you will be t- you, you I'm, I'm sure maybe you have heard about this you've had the government is saying no extra time for teaching and things like mm-hmm. that but sometimes mm-hmm. the parents the parents have themselves have uh, pressurized the school systems to adopt uh, extra time for teachers to be with the with the children so usually there is an extra time between 6 and 8 where uh, the teachers are in contact with the students okay before now they so start our... regular timetable Okay, so the students are in class by 5 a.m. in some schools much yes. earlier. When do they go to yes. sleep? They go when to are sleep. They... Well, yes, mm-hmm. in most schools, they, the students go to sleep between 9 and 10. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay, great. So you and, and what you've just said is that the government says no extra contact hours, but because of yes. pressure from parents, you yes. actually many boarding schools find themselves creating extra contact hours why are the parents pressurizing you james to create extra contact hours and why do you um, give in to the pressure <laughs> thank you uh, basically this is because of the i've just um, talked about the cutthroat competition in the education mm-hmm. system in kenya um mm-hmm. and you know in kenya success uh, um a school success in Kenya is basically measured by the academic success. That mm-hmm. is how you are, we, are, we are usually evaluated. If a school mm-hmm. is, is not doing very well in academic, however good it is in other realms of uh, you know, mm-hmm. curriculum like um, games, sports, and, and other co-curricular mm-hmm. activity. But eventually mm-hmm. you are valued um, um, uh, and evaluated. Uh, mm-hmm. in accordance to how your students perform in academics. Now, uh, and for, for, for students to perform so well in, 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 in a, you know, in a, that field, um, schools have to come up with, uh, with strategies. And one of the mm-hmm. strategies that uh, is very co- a very common practice in Kenya today is to have an mm-hmm. extra time uh, between the students and, uh, and the teachers. Basically, to do revision work and mm-hmm. to, you know, to uh, basically, you know, to streamline these students uh, towards uh, academic, uh, uh, you know, academic work, just to streamline mm-hmm. that, to ensure that what they had covered during the normal time is emphasized more. Uh, and, you know, um, they say in psychology that re- repetition mm-hmm. is the mother of learning. So yes, meaning uh, that yeah. if if concepts were taught in, in the normal during the normal course of time, eh, and then they mm-hmm. are repeated mm-hmm. uh, another time, 
and again another time then the students uh, stand a better chance of understanding these concepts and eventually doing much better in uh, in national examination now research has been done eh, by various uh, people um and even now even if you just walk in in those uh, schools with the with uh, the so-called best practices um mm -hmm. you'll realize that uh, in those schools uh, uh students and teachers have more contact time than the schools where uh, they have less contact time between the teachers and the so james james you are pushing the theory that you are persuaded that for a student to do well there has to be a, i mean additional contact time as is currently the case in a number of boarding schools. But I guess you're aware that there are students who necessarily do not have those contact times, but actually are still able to do well. And, and there's this question, I mean, as you're talking about this, um, could we then um, say that in this case, the driving force is examination, not learning? You're right. Now, um, mm -hmm. I, I, I really, I, you know, this is, um, um, a catch-22 situation um, <laughs> uh, and history is dicey but um, you, 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 you know I've just uh, said that um, in Kenya mm -hmm. the success of a school is measured basically by mm -hmm. academic success mm -hmm. however much a school is um, you know doing many other stuff Mm -hmm. nobody will give will give um uh you know uh, no, no no nobody cares so much about that so so mm -hmm. if a if a school does not uh produce students who have done well in a national examinations then that mm -hmm. school will be looked down by you know uh, gender and even there would be pressure by uh, by the government and other stakeholders mm -hmm. in education to the to the teachers of mm -hmm. that school, um, uh, that mm -hmm. why 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 is the performance not as good? So because of that, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. then the, the the teachers have no other alternative other than to uh, to create time whereby they mm -hmm. can try as much as possible to drill the students to drill yeah well drill the students <laughs> but basically yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, but but you know that one happens also even in day schools eh. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that that only happens in boarding schools. The aspect mm -hmm. of drilling also happens in 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 day schools uh, mm -hmm. because they also try to create more time, probably during weekend. In Kenya mm -hmm. now, it is a practice for day school mm -hmm. uh, for students to go to school on Saturdays. In fact, mm -hmm. even in some schools, they even go to schools on Sundays. On it Sundays, is becoming, on Sundays. Uh, it's, yeah, it's becoming more of a culture. And in fact, even now, as we speak in uh, mm -hmm. uh, day schools there is an attempt to create more time especially in high schools eh, to create more mm -hmm. and even in uh, some primary schools uh, with regard to standard seven and standard eight uh, candidates mm -hmm. eh, there is an attempt to create time more time for students to stay in school i know of some day schools in uh, in kenya where students go to school at six or even six that i i, I know quite a number of them so here there is an attempt to create more time for for them uh, mm -hmm. in in fact probably these schools mm -hmm. are not turned to the boarding simply because mm -hmm. of the cost you know boarding mm -hmm. schools are very expensive <clears throat> yes yeah, and and and, they may, and they may, probably many people may want to take their 
children to boarding schools, but they cannot afford the the cost that comes with the boarding um, mm -hmm. aspect. And and because, so because of that, they want to create more time for the students to to be in school. Then there is also another factor. Um, mm -hmm. In that, uh, uh, and, and and I think you have you, you you may have seen what is happening in the country today, uh, in mm -hmm. Kenya today, with regard to student unrest, and and, mm -hmm. and many many people have uh, said it's because this, this, these uh, students are in boarding school, and mm -hmm. uh, the conditions uh, there are may not be very conducive for the children in in some mm -hmm. schools. I, I, I wouldn't throw a blanket mm -hmm. to all of them. There are some schools which have very good facilities, but they are still witnessing um, unrest. So probably the problem mm -hmm. would be more than the facilities, facilities they are in. But my point is that uh, mm -hmm. whether boarding or day school, there is an attempt mm -hmm. for schools in Kenya to create more time for students uh, to have more contact with their teachers. That attempt is there. So tell me, James, let's assume that, let's say that a magic wand is woven today and you made the minister for education and all power is unto you to, and to determine how students learn in our schools. What, yes. what would you change in some of these things that you're talking about? I, I think there are very many things that I, I, I will, but ideally, ideally I, will, I will change the attitude that people have uh, mm -hmm. towards a uh, school that a school mm -hmm. is not a, a place where uh, we just churn uh, students who have excelled in, in, in academic whereas they could mm -hmm. also be very poor like you have said maybe they have not even learned you know mm -hmm. you, you you could uh, you could score a classic a but uh, basically you are not creative mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you you are not a problem solver you mm -hmm. conflict, uh, you know, resolution mechanisms, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I would uh, reduce that by ensuring mm -hmm. that this cutthroat competition. No, I, you know, in Kenya, anytime an, uh, a minister releases a results, uh, mm -hmm. people are in tenterhooks. Everybody is mm -hmm. on the screen, you know, mm -hmm. waiting to see which school will be ranked first or which student will be ranked first. So first of all, mm -hmm. I will abolish ranking of any nature. Mm -hmm. That 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 mm -hmm. one I will I will make education not competitive because education mm -hmm. essentially is not supposed to be competitive like that. Mm -hmm. And I will make students learn um, just you know freely and and, and, and happily without uh, necessarily competing with the school with another student in the other school. And I think by doing that, then very many other things are going to change in school. This uh, mm -hmm. urge to create more time for for students in school will end. These are um, mm -hmm. uh, so many contact hours, so many teaching, so many, you know. I think you, I had you use the word over teaching. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I had, mm -hmm. I had you say something like that, which is true, which is true to some extent. Some, some, sometimes teachers go overboard. They do a lot of work and it's like they even swallow. Or, I, don't, I don't know what, what to, to use. Chew and swallow for the student. Chew, yeah, let, let, me just, chew. let me just jump in. Let me just jump yeah. in with my experience as a student. Yes. I, I yes. always made this comment that one of the things I really didn't like in school, and I'm saying this, yeah. uh, of course, now I'm more mature and maybe I would not say it, but actually, one of the things I really didn't like in school was a school timetable. And yes. um, part of it was because 
I felt like I was being conditioned to learn and sometimes to sit in front of a teacher to teach me uh, for so many hours when perhaps that's not what I would have liked to do. In other words, it's not that I would not want to study, but perhaps I would want to use a different approach. I would like to sit with my textbook and read it and try to understand it. In fact, if I'm honest as a student, I used to sit there and do a lot of doodling and drawing and listening to all the shrubs that teachers have instead of actually listening to the teacher because I felt like the teachers were over-explaining. I hear nowadays there's something called mansplaining where the it's supposed to be when the man steps out to explain everything, even what they're not supposed to play, explain. But okay. I had this sense of frustration that teachers were teachers explaining. They were not giving us time to actually explore and find out for ourselves and then maybe engage in a conversation about what we have found out, perhaps what are the sticky issues. So I, 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 would, I would argue that as much as we imagine that contact contact hours is the magic bullet to performance. That perhaps contact hours, having teachers, if you ask me, having teachers always in front of the student as actually an obstacle to actually learning and being able to master um, the things that we have been taught. That That is part of my argument. What says you, James? Now, now th th thank you very much. You, you know, I was generally talking about what happens in school. Eh? I also have mm -hmm. my own uh, view about how these yes. things are done. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I do, I also sometimes I, I do write, I, I write sometimes, I mm -hmm. communicate. Um, mm -hmm. And I am also opposed to this uh, too much contact hour between the, 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 the teacher and, uh, and the students. I, I'm opposed, I'm, I'm I'm not so much into that because basically mm -hmm. I know we are creating we are creating zombies. You know, we, yes. we are we are we are we are we are creating people who are not uh, who cannot who are not critical thinkers. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they cannot think beyond the textbook knowledge, and, mm -hmm. and that's not mm -hmm. ideally that is not what I would want. And some of them but cannot I, even I, engage with the textbook knowledge because the teacher is always yeah. reading the textbook for them. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but again, probably this is because that aspect eh, has been um, um, has been ingrained in them since they were in primary school. Because that's basically what happens since they were, uh, you know, in in in, in many even in many primary schools, there's also a lot mm -hmm. of what, especially in the academies, the so-called academies, the mm -hmm. private schools, and the private mm -hmm. schools are the ones which are which are um, seem they seem to be more successful now in Kenya. Mm -hmm. Again, because of the same thing, that they will perform well in the KCP, the, the, the Kenya Secondary School Primary Education. They perform, they tend to perform very well. And eventually they take up, uh, they take up places in, uh, in good secondary schools. So these are the students that mm -hmm. we are receiving. The students who are used to uh, being, uh, you, know, you know, being taught only. Uh, sometimes I go to class and I even t I tell students to do a research on this and that, and it's like what you know because they are not used to that. It is not mm -hmm. something that they have been trained since they were children. They were they are used mm -hmm. to only being taught, you know, being taught, being told. And this thing is also happening even in uh, in, in universities and colleges in Kenya. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to say it's that. a long chain. Uh, it's a long long yeah, chain. It's a, it's a it's a long chain. So in the long run, 
teachers who are graduates mm -hmm. of the same uh, who have gone mm -hmm. to those colleges and uh, you know they have they have been taught by the same people uh, that, that's what they know best and when they go to school that is what they do best but i agree with you uh, in my in my in my teaching um because i'm also a teacher like i've already said i have 26 years of teaching um mm -hmm. there are very many times i i, I just go to class and mm -hmm. um, i i give students uh, assignments i tell them just go read this and then let's discuss and usually mm -hmm. we have wonderful wonderful discussion but you know the mm -hmm. dr herin the problem with that is that mm -hmm. we are not able to complete the syllabus on time <laughs> and again when you, when you don't complete the syllabus on time there is somebody on your on your neck yeah yes course one. yes yeah. Sure, course, you know, I'm laughing because um, this yeah. was really the issue of the syllabus was a big conversation in our first show when we were having yes. the conversation with uh, the teacher from Ghana and we were talking about why all these hours in the class and what are you actually doing? In fact, I asked this question, do we teach for learning or do we teach for teaching? And in this case, now we are saying we could be teaching for examination. So we could teach for yeah. teaching so where sometimes uh, technically we say content-based teaching or yeah. we could teach for learning or we could teach for examination. And listening yeah. to you, I, I feel like Kenya is caught in the tension and Africa, in fact, in my mind, I've been having this article in my head where I've been saying, you know, uh, a continent under siege and we are under the siege of what we are calling syllabus because our yes. our colleague from Ghana was saying the challenge is when the supervisors come so this could be the quality assurance yes. officers different yes. countries call them different things but you will say when the supervisor comes into my classroom the supervisor will not be asking will not be checking whether how well the students have learned but in most cases yeah. their eyes will be on how many objectives or how many topics have you taught how i mean have how well covered. is have you covered? And so, yeah. so as you're saying, there's that sense of siege that it is about ticking off the topics. But let me just yeah. um, pivot a little bit. There's this thing that yes. goes on in our schools currently where I hear teachers say, by second term, you should have finished the syllabus <laughs> so that by third term, you are just revising. And I, I, yeah. as an educationist, I struggle with that. I really struggle yeah. with that. Mm -hmm. I, I ask myself, I mean, the curriculum developers sat down yeah. and they were able to um, organize the content and they were able to consider that this content will be taught within three terms and, and, and spread it out. But now we are saying um, that many times we attempt, we want to finish the syllabus uh, by second term. And this is sometimes goes as back as primary school. And, 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 and by the time you are in the examination class, you should have actually finished the syllabus. Why is that happening, James? And why are people like you who seem to know what is the right thing to do? Of course, you've told me you are under siege. Does it mean that we can never break out of this slavery? Or first of all, what's your opinion? Finish the syllabus. Is that what you demand of your teachers? Because no, 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 you know actually, you say sometimes, actually, wait, yeah. wait, James. I know sometimes yes. you said sometimes we check syllabus, but I, as a head teacher, I imagine that there's also you have also have that supervisory role so yeah, yeah. potentially you're one of the persons who hold the guns against the heads of the teachers about the syllabus so what's your policy syllabus ended by second term what really is good i mean what's what's your take on that james 
Now, uh, you, you know, thank you. you. You have very good insights. Uh, very, very good insights um, as an educationist. And that's so, so good um, of you. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, let me um, thank you for that. Now, thank you, um, mm -hmm. ideally, this is what I mm -hmm. believe. Eh? Mm -hmm. if, um, uh, if things are done properly, the way they're supposed mm -hmm. to be done, mm -hmm. then we will be able to complete the syllabus even on time, mm -hmm. if we um, allow students to allow learning to be what it is supposed to be, learning mm -hmm. to be about uh, exploration, um, mm -hmm. learning to be about research, where students mm -hmm. can go and, uh, and 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 research on or, you know on on, on things uh, on the and discover on their own. Eh? It, mm -hmm. it, it means that uh, this syllabus eventually is going to end. It can end mm -hmm. on time. That is possible. I I, I know mm -hmm. that for sure. In some, especially in some subjects. But then here is a problem, mm -hmm. and it's a big problem. Um, uh, you know, I, I I not every child uh, mm -hmm. is um, are the same. You know, there is what is called individual differences in learning yes yes true uh, uh and uh, sometimes you you find yourself in situations of um very uh, very very strong uh, learners and very weak learners there are some who are um, <laughs> let me say not poor there's a word that i want to use i'm trying to get it i'm, I'm trying to get it uh, don't say learners, slow learners yeah. i don't like no, that yeah. word slow learners but anyway i know it's the very common yeah. slow yeah. and fast learners uh -huh. go ahead exactly now when when you are in in situations like that first of all there are some students in my view the secondary school the way it is designed in kenya um mm -hmm. Uh, is 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 um you, like I've already said this is exam oriented. Um, yes. By the end of yes. it all, you'll be analyzed. Uh, the outcomes will be uh, what grade did you get? What grade did you mm -hmm. score? But you know there are very many students in high school who may not be very good cognitively, but they are very good in other things in other areas. They could be artists. They could be you know. Uh, craftsmen, they could have some technical skills that they can use in future to to further their their you know their life, but mm -hmm. but you see all that is ignored, eh? all that is mm -hmm. ignored, and uh, the emphasis is on on, um, uh, on grades, on mm -hmm. academic. So it mm -hmm. it may it, it and this this is this co this causes a lot of pressure for for the teacher because the teacher has to. Uh, has to produce results and for the teacher to produce results has to cover the, the syllabus in the best way that he or she knows uh, mm -hmm. and and by, probably that that explains why there is a <laughs> there's a lot of pressure by the teachers to complete the syllabus on time and mm -hmm. then drill the students mm -hmm. so that the grades, uh, by the end of it all, they are good grades. Are good. And actually, I, actually, James, James, when I look at education research, because I, as you said, I, when you look at the psychology and you look at the process of learning, sometimes I think we have, uh, perhaps we have uh, the diagnosis, but we have yes. the wrong medication. Because yes. first of all, if we're talking about, um, I don't like using the word slow learners, I like perhaps using the word low attaining students, and yeah. perhaps higher attaining students because slow learners tend to be um, you know like in 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 
and not all not uh, yeah so that's one but the other thing is that when you think about mindsets you know you can have either a growth mindset or a fixed mindset where you're talking about ability i was not born uh, i'm not able to do this because i was not born to do this you know like i'm not able so that's we call that the ability mindset but then we have the growth mindset where we talk about you know the greater focus is on the effort and the input is a key determinant of what comes out of course there's variation but let me move away from that so there's a philosophical underpinning of slow versus uh, fast but I think one of the things I'm persuaded is that sometimes we have actually there are certain things that are we've normally not taken into account. Because when you look at the process of learning and you think about learning actually being an intertwinement of two things, two main things. Yes, the cognitive engagement, but also emotions. So those two actually um, work together to facilitate learning. And, and so when we think about that, because I think we normally push the emotional aspect of learning out of our thinking and our planning. When you look at that and you look at research, therefore, that has been done around issues around emotions of learning, especially there's a lot of research in what is called academic emotions. So there's positive academic emotions, there's negative academic emotions and all that. Then we start understanding that perhaps the strategy of saying, I'm going to finish the syllabus quickly, and then come back and spend time to revise it so that um, the students are more, I mean, are more prepared, actually is a, um, is a misstep. Because if I am, for any reason, a low attaining student, let me start from that. Yes. One of the yes. possibilities that I come to class with a sense of low self-esteem. And one of the things that actually will impact on my esteem is my performance, my sense of understanding. So it simply means that the first two terms, when the teacher is teaching very fast yeah. <laughs> to finish the syllabus, if truly I am quote-unquote a slow learner, then yeah. over and over, I am not understanding anything. And as that is yeah. going on, my my emotional uh, connection is being beaten. It's being beaten. It's being beaten. Mm -hmm. It's like it's reinforcing the fact that, you know, I'm not good at this. I'm not made for this. So for two terms, I've gone through an experience where I have very little to, to believe in myself for because of the pace and the speed at which the teacher is teaching. It's one thing after another. And then by the time you're coming to this third term where now you want to drill me with exams, I've almost yeah. given up. You're already lost. I'm, I've almost lost. switched off. So that's where I, I think that there is a sense that if, I mean, if we took time, I, I like the way you said, uh, you were trying to say, what really constitutes learning? There is a sense that um, we have been brought up to think so much of teaching that we have not stopped to ask ourselves what really constitutes learning? learning. What yeah. really happens during a learning process? And so now I look at, yes, this is teaching. This is also learning. And now that I understand the main aim, if the main aim of my teaching is to facilitate learning, then perhaps I should not start with the, looking at teaching. I should start with how does learning take place and then come back to redefine my teaching with that understanding. So I feel um, my, my persuasion looking at education research and looking at what constitutes learning and the psychology of learning and the, the neuroscience uh, around learning is that that aspect of one, on one hand, you're saying they're slow learners, 
But on the other hand, you're spending two terms teaching very fast. And just, it's like, it's like when a child is eating and you're just stuffing the food in the mouth of the, of the, of the, of the child. And we're almost thinking we're like cows. So let's first of all stuff all our stomach. I don't know which stomach number it is. I, if I remember my science before, you have this place where they will stuff all the grass and then we we'll can come the, and the chew. Rumen, the rumen. Then we we'll come and chew card later. So in third term, we are chewing card. We're supposed to bring it out and start chewing it and start processing it. But our, our brains are not like the cow's stomach. But that seems to be the philosophy uh, and the thinking around uh, trying to deal with uh, supposedly slow learners versus fast learners. It's doing damage, actually. And sometimes even doing damage to those so-called fast learners, especially those who are in the boundary. You push them on the other side. Their sense of self-esteem, their sense of self-believing they can do something, the efficacy level in that particular subject. Even as a student, they carry themselves with that sense of, I'm not capable. Then comes third term and the pressure is on them. Question after question, we are preparing for the exams. I, I think, I think uh, Dr. Hirin, the problem is, um, mm -hmm. I've just stated, the problem is the way we evaluate um, our mm -hmm. education system. I, I, mm -hmm. I, can see, I can actually hear your reasoning, and it's so good. Mm -hmm. And I think any teacher can understand that. But the problem mm -hmm. comes, the problem comes when now we are being evaluated based on how we have performed. And you see, basically, um, different uh, students have different abilities uh, you know basically students have the, the, not all students have the same you know same same capability uh, uh, but in the long run nobody wants to understand that we are only the, the 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 system wants to know how um you know how effective you've been in as mm -hmm. far as mm -hmm. performance is concerned and performance here uh, is academic performance which is measured by the national examination national examination now that, that's a that's the biggest problem that is where I hear you. We, we we find t teachers sometimes doing some uh, some things which may, we may not uh, as a teacher even by training you know when we were going through training uh, when when we we're being trained as teachers there are, mm -hmm. there are certain ways in which we were taught and actually we were taught to facilitate learning facilitate learning that was how we were trained we were trained uh, to, to be there is even a term that they used to be learner centered no learner centered we do should be learner centered uh, meaning mm -hmm. it is a child who is a focus but uh, now when it when you come to the field you find that the 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 the, 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 the things are different now because here you it is you it is you the teacher who is being evaluated by what mm -hmm. you produce from a from a student? I wish this thing about um, examination, you know, emphasis on examination, uh, things uh, about ranking. I, I wish these things were not there in the system at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. sometimes the problem is not even with the government. By the way, sometimes the problem mm -hmm. is with the with the people because they start mm -hmm. asking themselves which school was better here. Is it that one or is it that one? Sometimes it's not, but even the government has attempted to, to really reduce that aspect of uh, ranking. Eh? Uh, even at, 
at one stage they they had stopped it completely but but the the yeah. the, the general citizenry the people they they, they mm-hmm. still carry their own research to find out which school <laughs> had the best mean score which school sent many students in the university and this is causing a lot of pressure to 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 to, to the teacher and uh, probably so this explains the... why yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. Because, just, because just go ahead. you know, um, you know, even if I get back to the boarding aspect, I, I, mm-hmm. I was thinking, even if um, learners will 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 be left to be what they are, learners, and mm-hmm. and we as teachers facilitate learning, just like you have put it very well, um, uh, uh, and and we. We, we, we go to class to give instructions because actually basically mm-hmm. uh, 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 the, the role of a teacher is to, to give instructions these are directions um, on how learning can can take place and 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 there is no emphasis on syllabus coverage because uh, you know you'd rather even grasp um, uh, something other than not grasp grasping anything because you are uh, at speed to complete the the syllabus. Syllabus. So if, if, if syllabus. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, to, to complete the syllabus, and uh, and I agree with you. Sometimes uh, there's, there's there's no learning which takes place place at all. In fact, uh, in some instances, it's like it's even negative. Eh? So, you find so, a student, a, a student does not even remember what, what uh, some simple things that he, he ought to have known in class six, but now he's in form four, but can't remember anything because of that. Uh, uh, you know, too 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 fast. Uh, uh, you know, teaching uh, taking place. If there the there is an the the system can develop another way of evaluating. Uh, let me call teaching uh, for uh, for the sake of this discussion to evaluate teaching mm-hmm. and to evaluate education. If the effectiveness of delivery of the curriculum in schools, if there is a way in which uh, the system can come up with that then i think we need to run away from this too much teaching and let learners be what they they they, they ought to be because according to okay me, let me just read a comment okay yes let me just read a comment here somebody has said i've never met anyone who asked me about my subject grades people would be interested on your problem skills creative thinking innovation communication skills etiquette negotiation and analytical skills and i think paul is trying to say that we are sacrificing all this at the altar of finishing the syllabus and preparing our students for exams for the subject grades that we need all this are a key but uh, we are sacrificing this at the altar of completing the syllabus and and i know you have said why that's the case the pressure that is there but i think and this is something this is a debate that should go on for a long time because on one end your argument presupposes that the only way our students even if exams were still there that the only way a majority of our students would be able to do the exams and pass them is if um is 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 by you know teaching them and over teaching them but i think on one hand, there's, um, I think that's a perception, that's a belief. On one hand, I argue that even if the examinations are left and they are there, that perhaps if we created a school environment where the teachers, and the teachers still have to teach, they, there's a sense that, you know, they, they, the teachers have to help the students connect uh, the concepts, you know, whether the, sure. the, the teachers have to help uh, the students um 
uh, demonstrate what it is that they have understood. So there are moments when the teacher really just has to talk and bring out certain things and listen and connect and all that. So obviously the teacher is still very important. But I think part, there's a school of thought that if we created, I was looking at the Namibia uh, timetable. And the Namibia timetable runs from 8 to 2 o'clock. And then in the afternoon, students are left to engage with their work individually and personally. And, and, and I was thinking about that against perhaps our time, your a timetable in a place like Kenya that might run, as you say, the student might come to class as early as five. Uh, and in yes. between there, some teachers might sneak in because they want to make sure they finish their syllabus before the syllabus. second term. So the, the teacher is teaching um, as early as that. And some people might sneak back at night. Yeah and teach. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I, I, when I was doing my PhD, I, I did my PhD um, and it was an intervention study. So I worked in three schools um, in Machakos. And one of the concerns I had with the school and we had to negotiate with them is that I just felt students did not have time, enough time. And it was a boarding school. Students did not have enough time and there wasn't an orientation that as students, they had something to do with their learning. In other words, in most, most of the hours that the students were in school, there was almost this perception that was being created that a teacher has to be in front of you because a teacher is sneaking in in the morning. Some yes. teachers are sneaking in in the afternoon. And then teachers will give pages and pages of homework because notes. that's also part of how we are finishing the syllabus notes yes. for these students to copy so i sat down with the administration and i said but there's no learning taking place because actually if you look at the neuroscience or the science of learning you are right that re-engaging with what has been taught is a critical part of learning but that re-engaging as much as possible should be the students re-engaging they're looking at it with a fresh eye. We were having this conversation. I now want to engage with it and relook at what I was taught and try it out. And, you know, actually research says that at secondary school, especially peer teaching is actually very important. Students gain a lot from it. But there's just this orientation that it is, if the, if the teacher is not in front of the student, the student is doing homework a teacher of maths has given 10 sums or 15. I'm being actually very lenient here. A teacher of English has given three or four pages. A teacher of Kiswahili gave this. History teacher left a load sum of notes that yeah, of needs notes, to be yeah. copied. <laughs> so this, these kids are just engaged. They are just robots. And there is no time for students to actually just sit and review what they were taught at their own pace in their using their own strategy, looking at their own additional resources, or having con, um, uh, opportunity to have discussions amongst themselves. So yeah. these are some of the things that I have a problem with. In other words, I take the position that even if the examination is still there, there is a thinking around how learning takes place. And, and I understand it is what you're saying. It is a syllabus. We have made it fashionable. Mm -hmm. that a teacher should finish the syllabus early 
And if you are a teacher who is still teaching part of your syllabus in third term, then something is definitely wrong with you. And perhaps yeah. teacher James, our dear principal, might call you for a chat <laughs> in his yeah, office. In the office. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Herin, you know, you're arguing so well. Eh? Um, uh, basically, also, there's a, uh, let, let me tell you, um, there was a time I was in, in, in a school. Um, mm -hmm. my, my, my former school before I was posted to the school that I'm in. And our policy in that school was uh, was exactly what you are saying. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know whether those teachers have joined in this conversation. And we used to say, um, mm -hmm. let, let's give these this, um, uh, children time to study mm -hmm. on their own. So no extra, extra contact hour. Unless, mm -hmm. of course, you had missed a lesson for one reason or, or the other. Mm -hmm. So then maybe mm -hmm. this makeup. Makeup is, 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 is allowed, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or remedial. You know, there is what we call mm -hmm. remedial in... Um, oh, uh, in another monster. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, monster. Uh, mm -hmm. Go no, on. It's, it's only that remedial is, is the way it is defined now and the way it is applied <laughs> in Kenya today. It's wrong. But basically, <laughs> if you look at the remedial, the way it was supposed to be, uh, remedial mm -hmm. was supposed to tackle um, some students, some concepts which were not very well understood, right? A section mm -hmm. of students. In fact, it was supposed to be the whole class. A section of the students, a section of the learners may not have understood um, uh, some concepts when when you are teaching. So you, mm -hmm. you want to create now more time so that you can give a little <laughs> bit more explanation uh, for them mm -hmm. to, 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 to be in tandem with the, the objective that you wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. That one, that one is okay. That one is 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 is, is acceptable. But mm -hmm. um, and we did that in that school. Mm -hmm. Actually, we did that. Mm -hmm. We practiced it, and we did it so well. And I can tell mm -hmm. you for sure, um, there wasn't. Uh, did the students fail? The students did not fail. I, I now want to tell you now. The, the students <laughs> did fail. In, 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 in fact, by the time I was leaving that school, that school was the mm -hmm. top. It was the best school in our sub county. And, and there uh, you and, are. And there even. And even on the basis of, of that, uh, actually, mm -hmm. on the basis of that, I was declared the principal of the year Kajiado County in the year 2018. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. true, you, you, what you are saying tr truly happened. But you see now, along the way, um, mm -hmm. uh, people started asking, now, for us to, to maintain that competitive edge, eh, we need to, we need to... to adopt, <laughs> yeah, we need to adopt <laughs> what others are doing so that we can improve more. So let's create more time Let's create more time. Let's create contact, more, more contact for for the children. Let's you know. Let's let, let's put more pressure on them to perform more and more. You see, so and the students also believe that in this school, in in school A and uh, X and Z, they are um, taught more. The teachers come to class at night and all that. So because hours are not coming to class, it means we are going to. So even the students themselves get as another mentality that. Uh, if we are not going to be taught extra, then we are doomed to fail. So you, so you know, and I think, all these are coming as pressures, yeah, to to, to the teacher. Yeah, so the I, systems, yeah. yeah. To, to to the teacher. So the yeah, teacher, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes, Sorry, so sometimes, also Sorry, in pressure, also in, sometimes this pressure is also sometimes induced by the learners themselves. Sorry, I need Sorry, to I just give a second. I need to get somebody off the the. Yeah, there's 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 a problem. Uh, BS3, uh, somebody has joined the show and he doesn't, the person doesn't have a headphone. Please, please don't, yeah. um, 
don't speak don't i've I've, I've muted the person i hope they don't uh they don't okay. uh, go live because it's creating echo so go ahead so you're saying yeah. perhaps let me just jump in there um 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 james so part of what we're saying is that i think part of what is lacking is what you're saying so you have a situation where you actually did the opposite and you did well oh, but yes. instead oh, yes. of instead of maintaining that you got distracted and looked around. You know, you reminded me the way sometimes you go to a market, you know, like this yeah. open air markets, like uh, in Kenya, you talk of the likes of Gikomba. And whenever yeah. I've gone to such markets, I find it very difficult to buy anything because I will pick something that is looking very nice. And while I'm about to buy it, somebody shouts, you know, somebody else is also showing something else, just not yeah. far from your eyesight and shouting and saying something and you get distracted and think oh maybe that's a better one and so you drop this yeah. and you go there and you know and sometimes it's just a whole full cycle and i get really frustrated so i always say i'm not very good at going to the market and that's what yeah. you're saying that here you are as a yes. people you're doing something that worked but yeah. then because you stretch your eyes around you started seeing what yeah. other people are doing um yeah. You got a little anxious and you don't be, you didn't believe in your strategy and and so you jumped you jumped because the majority anyway were doing the other yeah. thing and it seemed to be working for them because they were also doing well so you got a little anxious and you jumped and i think what it is speaking about is also uh something that is still missing in a lot of our africa's classrooms which is yeah. classroom-based research making Good. sense of what is happening you know yes. topic to see what are we doing and can we try to understand why it worked because if we do not understand the why then we think it's a fluke and so today we will do it it works but then we since we are not understanding why it is working the mechanisms of why it worked and the mechanisms and of course taking it against the mechanisms of how learning takes place then if there's a little bit of uh what is it called if there's a little bit of a storm we easily drop it and jump to the next ship so I think there's two things that is coming out. One, we need there is there is that sense that we are trying things out, but we perhaps do not have time to dig deep and understand when something works or when it is even working. Because as you said, for example, students can perform very well, but they have not learned anything. And you see, I'm, I'm yeah. always reminded my first uh, opportunity to lecture at a university. I, I lectured at one of the top universities in Kenya. And that's how I actually deviated into education because my, my first background, I'm actually trained as a mathematician. And I was really shocked because I went into this top university and I was having my top students. And for once I was saying, because I'm a mathematician, and for once I was saying, I'm going to have a class where everybody is excited about maths because they got top grades in secondary yes, school. They had A's. Yeah, yeah. But then I walk into this class and yeah. nobody seems excited about mathematics. If anything, they can't stand it. And I'm in shock. I'm saying, well, I know people don't like maths. I know students have come across and appreciate that not many people do well in maths. But here I am in a class of over 70 or 80% of my students got B plus and above. So I'm walking in this class with great a great expectation that for once I'm just going to have this, uh, it's going to be a cool class, we're just going to connect. And then what happens? No, that's not the case. And so as you're saying, these students didn't even connect with the subject. And that's why I'm saying we, we have done a lot of disservice in understanding how learning takes place. And in the process, one of the things that 
we've mostly sacrificed is emotional aspect of learning. That's one of the things. But in this case, what I'm saying is the students got their A's, but they seem not to have learned anything. And yes. It, and, when and, I came and, to and, class, and, 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 sorry, when I come to class and give them my first exam, a number of them would fail. And if I am of the thinking that is the traditional thinking, then very quickly, if I did not look at the secondary, I would say, these are slow learners. Yeah. But remember, these are the students who got A's. They're, they're, they're and then now they are not doing well. So I could easily call them slow learners. But you know what? Over time, I would be able to switch them to go back to their A's, but now with a different sense of feeling, with a sense of connection to the subject. So one of the things that you're saying is that there's a way we engage in teaching and perhaps we need to stop and breathe in and ask ourselves, what is learning? So that I can always use it what what constitutes learning so that perhaps I can always use that as a mirror to try and understand what is working. Because I'll tell you as a teacher, I have I had these experiences where I would go to class, students don't like mathematics, students are not doing well in mathematics. I would go into that class and I had this, I mean, I did that at secondary schools and I did that at university. I had this capability of turning that around after some time my students would be doing well in maths and they would be excited. They would be waiting for me to come for my lesson. But because my background was in education, I was always, was not in education. I was always puzzled by, I used to ask myself, what is it that I'm doing? How is it that I'm able, this, this is a trend that I've had. Okay. I came to my own conclusions because, of course, yes, one of the things was that I, I, I always said before I even got into education and now understood the psychology of teaching and learning is that I always said that as a teacher, I teach from the heart. So part of my persuasion was never, first of all, to get the students to, la to learn. It was always to get the students to connect with me and my subject. And then after that, we can begin the teaching and the learning. But okay, now that I spent time in education, now I understand some of the things that was going on. But what we're saying here is that, yes, exams is a big problem, and perhaps we need to reduce the focus on exams. But even with exams, perhaps the bigger problem is, of course, the pressure we have with all our supervisors, including the James of the day um, yeah. <laughs> on syllabus, taking off the topics. But on also perhaps this... Yes, there's also room for us to perhaps step back and really look at how does learning take place? What constitutes learning? How do different, what are some of the factors that might affect the learning process outside the teaching process? And I know this can be a really interesting conversation, but okay, I want to pivot this a little bit. First of all, give me, I want to try something. Um, we are supposed to have taken an advertisement break, but my 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 uh, audios have been having trouble. So I'm going to try again. And if we, I don't get it right, I'm going to read the advertisement um, yes. verbally. But let me try and see if it will work. Um, it is not working. So allow us to take an advertisement break. And I'm just going to read our advertisement. So um, so this is the advertisement. And it's um, the advertisement is from one of our sponsors of Teachers Talk Radio, um, that is um, Oxford University Press. And to the teachers, this is what Oxford University Press would like you to know, that if you need support with your phonics teaching, Oxford University Press now has three DFAs 
uh, validated programs to help you. Um, read, write in phonics, floppies phonics, and the brand new essential letters and sounds. Essential letters and sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonic books you may already have in your classrooms. Developed by the, by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. To find out more about this program and receive support from your OUP, that is Oxford University Press expert, a local education consultant, please visit the website www.oxfordprimary.com slash phonics. So that's our advertisement for the day and especially targeting our British-based listeners. So, um, James, I want us to come back to something about boarding schools. Are there something that... Um, I think it's Paul or one of us that had put for, forward, and I saw it in a research paper. As I said, when I was starting this, I looked at research papers from Nigeria, from Indonesia, from Kenya. And there's, yes, there's this sense that for, for those countries, there's a sense that, you know, students seem to perform better uh, from those schools, uh, from boarding schools and day schools. But let me just ask you two very quick questions. And the first one yes. I want you to respond to very fast. The levels of mo motivation towards learning. Do you think it is higher in boarding schools than in day schools? Um, yes, foremost mm -hmm. in, in Kenya, in the experience of Kenya, many boarding mm -hmm. schools are considered prestigious. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you look at the, the schools which perform very well in, in Kenya and have a name, a name mm -hmm. quote, eh, are, mm -hmm. uh, are, are boarding. Um, the Alliance, mm -hmm. the Mango, the Stare, their 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 boarding school. So they even mm -hmm. the very fact that you've been uh, selected to join a particular school, which is boarding in nature in itself, is mm -hmm. is, is motivation, right? Start from there. Well, and um, I like the way you're saying that. Let me just jump in. I know you know having gone to, I mean, if you go into the patch of the day and you know all those names, the Lenanas and all that. Yes, I guess yes. there is a sense of. Um, cultural capital and social capital yes. that you exactly. gain as a result of going to some of those schools and maybe exactly. as you say in boarding schools yes. but yes. in terms about in terms of motivation towards learning in day to day is it that the students are intrinsically motivated or there's a sense that there is it's extrinsic i i really don't you know um foremost uh, you know the, the way students are selected to join schools in kenya um is is done as per the the status of the school so the, mm -hmm. the students who are known to be very very strong cognitively mm -hmm. uh, co uh, strong in quotes eh, according, according to, to their performance their in exam, primary their school. performance yeah in primary mm -hmm. schools eh? So they might they might uh, not be strong cognitively, but they were experts in taking exams. Anyway, let's go oh, on. Yes, they were they were experts in in, take, in in taking exams. And you see again when they go to the same schools, uh, the orientation is the same. It is towards mm -hmm. towards the uh, exam. So the, the, basically, mm -hmm. the, the very fact that uh, these students land in in those schools, uh, mm -hmm. there seem to be some motivation some they, they 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 get some motivation in being being in those schools 
in itself give mm-hmm. them motivation mm-hmm. even to learn even to learn because mm-hmm. they would want to you, you know if you go to alliance high school for example in kenya you mm-hmm. if you don't perform uh you'll become the laughing stock in the village <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Become, yeah people will say look will start saying this person went to alliance high school and look mm-hmm. look where he is today you know mm-hmm. and um again there's also something else that uh, we need to understand if you go mm-hmm. to university of nairobi today uh, a school mm-hmm. of medicine or arch- mm-hmm. architecture or you know those uh, mm-hmm. uh, professional courses uh, yes. and and you and you 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 you, you analyze the, the students mm-hmm. who are there you will mm-hmm. find that many of them come from the boarding from schools. schools from yeah from boarding schools from those schools which have performed yeah, you, you know for, from from those schools which have a status or um boarding schools and they are also high performing uh, mm-hmm. so by and large the performance of boarding schools in kenya is better academically now is better mm-hmm. than those of their schools although now the tide is changing mm-hmm. a bit the mm-hmm. tide is changing a bit because of the mm-hmm. high cost of boarding there are mm-hmm. some students who do very well they perform very well they are okay they are good students in uh, according to standard 8 exam but they can't get up they can't get placement in boarding school because of cost so they are taken to 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 these schools and they while there they still perform well perform so very well slightly let, slightly let, change slightly is changing but overall still mm-hmm. best most of the better students come from i mean in terms of performance they come from boarding schools I want to read two statements. Uh, one of them is from your former student, James Karanja, who is currently in University of Nairobi, tuned in to listen to his former principal. So uh, shout out to you, James. But James says this, just to affirm some of the things that you said. He says he was a student in the school that senior principal James Ngugi taught, and the, the teacher-student engagement was profound. We could discuss with them all matters affecting us away from classroom one. So, so there's that aspect of student-teacher engagement and relationship and opportunity to have conversations about academic stuff, but also perhaps things that might emerge out of this academic stuff. So thank you, James, for and thank you for being here uh, right from the word go. A shout out to you. But then there's this teacher, I believe, from Rwanda who is saying there are a number of factors that affect learning and teaching process. The maturity, the age, the motivation, previous learning, intelligence, mental health. This is something that I really wanted us to discuss, but we didn't get into. And so we'll have to come back and talk about the mental health, the mental well-being of our students as we talk about all these instructional practices. What impact does it have in the mental well-being of our students? We may have the marks, but are we leaving our secondary schools as damaged goods because of the mental well-being? So anyway, uh, he says that the mental health, physical need, diet, nutrition, attention, interest, goal setting, and level of aspiration. So there are all those things. And perhaps what we could be interrogating in another conversation is how does this compare between each of these factors, because they're very unique factors, um, between day schools and boarding schools. And so, yeah, so there's that question about the mental health. There are people who have said, I, I know that, and, and I know this is something that's right right at your doorstep. There's been a lot of conversation in Kenya of late because of the recent unrest that have happened in school. And a lot of the unrest, as you said, a majority of it was in boarding schools. We've seen students, I mean, it's been a very sad, interesting, hilarious. I mean, it's just been a mix of emotions, just looking at different things. I mean, I couldn't 
hold I, I almost lost I got a heart attack when I looked at what 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 was happening in the Buruburu uh, school when the fire was on and the girls were jumping from third floor to you know that you know like you skip a bit and I, I would sit and say that is why as a parent I always say I don't want my student my daughter in a boarding school but anyway and then so there were all those sad moments but there were also hilarious moments where or interesting moments where students just walked out of school. And there was that yeah. there was that uh, very interesting one of Muhoho High School where they say the students walked out and they said they would text the teacher when they will be when coming will back. back yeah. So there's been a lot of conversations around this. And I know at some point, yeah. especially even during COVID, there was a suggestion. And I mean, there are two schools of thought and for, for a number of reasons. And I know we can't have this discussion because our time is getting up. But there's, there are people who have even suggested. So one, there's the issue of mental health. When when the old when the older people are having these conversations, especially in social media, and there was that aspect that you know we did well during our days, we went to those boarding schools and we were okay. But there are those who actually say we are not okay. A number of us were damaged by that process. Yes, we are in suits, we are in good jobs, we are earning money. But if we were to be opened up, especially psychologically or our orientation and thinking about life then we are actually damaged goods. I don't want to touch on the on the statements that went around when your honorable minister said something about caning and the fact that he was caned. But anyway, so there's this big thing about mental health. And the reason why I'm saying this yeah. is because I read research papers uh, even from outside Africa. So I looked, I scanned through very quickly a research paper from Australia that was comparing students from who are in boarding school and who are in day school. And one of the things that that research paper showed was that in terms of performance, in terms of motivation, in terms of engagement, there wasn't much difference in Australia, that is, between the boarding uh -huh. schoolers, the boarding scholars and the day scholars. And the day scholars. Uh -huh. But and then that paper went, it's a very interesting paper, worth reading. It talked about some of the research that has been done about boarding schools, the advantages and disadvantages. And one of the things that caught my attention was that even in Australia, and this connects to something one of the, the listeners spoke about before he left from Iran, even in Australia, one of the negative aspects that was picked out was issues of social, issues related to the social emotional aspects of the students. It suggested that the research that has been done suggested that uh, there was the levels of anxiety, if you talk about things to do with stress, if you talk about things that are really about mental well-being, that perhaps students in boarding school suffer more from this than perhaps potentially students in day school. Now, that's Australia. What's your take as James sitting in a school in Kenya? on that line of thought as we draw towards a conclusion. And this will come back to having this discussion, but I would like to hear your thoughts on that. No, you know, um, uh, being a Kenyan and being well aware mm -hmm. of our socio-cultural and also economic, uh, you know, variation. I mean, uh, we, we are all varied, eh? socially, mm -hmm. culturally, and mm -hmm. in all mm -hmm. those areas. I think boarding schools are still tenable. We, mm -hmm. we need boarding schools. Um, there are some areas where we cannot, we just can't do without. Yes, schools. yes, true, true. Um, uh, they are like they, nests they, and safe havens. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. they, they just have to be. They just have to be there. And um, mm -hmm. um, and I know boarding schools in Kenya have challenges, but not mm -hmm. only boarding schools. Basically, in mm -hmm. Kenya, education, education, 
um, mm -hmm. generally has very many cha challenges because of issues like funding, issues like um, supervision, monitoring, and things like mm -hmm. that. All those, there, there are challenges with education. But um, um, now when it comes to, the, 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 you, you, have, you have talked about um, what was happening in, you know, in the boarding schools, basically mm -hmm. in the boarding schools. You, mm -hmm. you talked about boarding schools, but it's not only in boarding schools. Mm -hmm. Even there are some aspects of very serious, very serious indiscipline in these schools. On, mm -hmm. Sometimes they are not reported, and uh, sometimes because uh, you you know like an an, an, an in 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 uh, day schools uh, unrest mm -hmm. may not take the same uh, nature. It may not yeah nature like that one in boarding schools. But there are there have been let me say the problem of indiscipline in Kenya. That, that's what I would say. James. and and the and the problem emanates from parenting. There is a serious <laughs> problem of parenting in Kenya. Uh -huh. uh, parents, parents have basically neglected their uh, parenting roles and mm -hmm. they have thrown the ball to the teachers. And mm -hmm. even and, and the worst thing is that they are not even supporting the teachers. They have thrown okay. the ball to the teachers and they are not supporting them. So, so this, I would love so to have you is... back on the show, James. I would love to have yeah. you back on the show because I think there's a lot that we need to dig into that. But I was just remembering that there was, um, you know, like all these conversations during the rest, uh, unrest rather. And there was this phrase, kamama and kababa, that uh, yes. the, the current generation are the kamamas and the kababas, I guess suggesting that they are spoiled quote-unquote, spoiled children. And therefore, um, that's what we are seeing in our schools. It would be interesting to have a conversation around this because there are two aspects to this. Um, there are people who, would, as you're as you suggesting, who would actually just say this is a case of indiscipline, quote-unquote, character issues. There are people who will actually say that if you listen to the students and some of the things that they're saying is that there are certain things that perhaps are not in place in our schools in terms of either um, and, 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 and not in place in our schools for the kind of children that we have today, going back. You know, like I look back to my boarding school life with a lot of nostalgia. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with my, my fellow, uh, fellow uh, classmates. I don't think we had as much pressure, though. We had a very lenient high school student. It was not mandatory, for example, to go for morning prep. I was one of those who was not very good at that, even though I was a head girl. Um, our Saturdays were free. Um, the teachers hardly came <laughs> to school. You could sit with your book under the tree and read, you know, after cleaning and everything. I, 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 when I look back, I don't see like there was so much pressure on us. I enjoyed my time going for all the drama festivals and poem and, and music festivals and going for sports, even when I'm not doing any sport. So, and I think those are some of the things that really made, uh, perhaps made a boarding school, uh, when I think of my experience, fun and, and perhaps not as full of pressure. But as you're saying, I think even as we want to talk about indiscipline, and yes, I think there's, there's a little bit of a dichotomy there in terms of how children are brought up now and what disciplining students look like or the kind of environments some of the students grow up i mean in environments where they can talk back not talk back but quote unquote there's room for them to argue out their points at home yes and then you'll take them in school where it's the opposite where you know if you're told something there's no space to have a conversation to air to ask why and what about and why not so i think yes um we really need to have a deep conversation on this to really be able to separate 
uh, whether it is just purely 100% in discipline, lack of parenting, or there's a sense of conflict in terms of the way we are orienting our children, even me and you, and the kind of environments that we still have in our, in our schools. I think I saw something about um, a statement that was being shared that one of the schools that was banned, I think somewhere in, in, in Nyanza, the student who was involved in that was from Mombasa, according to that statement. Yeah, was, and the student was, was taken to court. The father was able to pay bail. And after that, that student yeah. was put into a plane and flown home. So, and, and so people were saying, you know, let, I think the statement was like, let us decide who needs to go to boarding school or not boarding school. And I was just imagining this child who flies in a plane going home and then perhaps comes to your school and you want them to eat gideri every day or, you know, yeah do abcd it's it there's a contrast so i yeah. and then there's the aspect of the mental well-being i mean of course there were so many other factors that have been talked about so i think yes this is something that is worth having a conversation on because i know we have many different schools of thought and perhaps we need to put our hands get our hands dirty by trying to unravel and ask ourselves what do we do but yes of course there are aspects of indiscipline i mean there's no justification for burning something really but yeah. again i don't want to say there's no justification because even during my school time i remember my classmates attempting to ban and when you would even though they didn't ban but when you, when you thought about it it was just some high psychological peer and peer pressure so anyway i think there's a lot to have a conversation on but i just want to finish by asking you a question i read a research paper from nigeria and this research paper was comparing performance in day schools versus boarding schools and of course the conclusion was that boarding school students perform better and for a number of reasons including having better resources and the conclusion of this author was that the government should look for more money to build more boarding schools therefore uh -huh. is that would that be the conclusion or the, or the advice you'd have based on all that you've seen. If we had some money today and we needed to build more schools in Kenya, and I know Kenya is currently thinking about that, should mm -hmm. the orientation be towards building more boarding schools, as in, as a priority, generally? Should we be looking at getting all our kids to boarding school to I, be I able to have personally. quality learning? Um, personally, I would I wouldn't go with that. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say that we need to to put more emphasis on boarding school as opposed to day schools. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I, I would uh, suggest that we the, the schools that um, we have as boarding, uh, we fund we fund them more. We, mm -hmm. uh, we 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 put more more resources, more facilities. Because sure, mm -hmm. by the way, one of the reasons why or what. Or, or, uh, behind this unrest is the poor mm -hmm. facilities in, in 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 some of those boarding schools there are some mm -hmm. uh, students who actually uh, whose schools are dilapidated uh, mm -hmm. they, they, they live like uh, you know below standards uh, if you mm -hmm. compare the how they with the pen yeah <laughs> it's, it's a, some schools some schools mm -hmm. so probably the government can can improve those facilities, but I don't think mm -hmm. we need to put more resources in in boarding schools. Our our experience now with uh, mm -hmm. what we ha we have gone through is such that uh, uh, 
uh, our parents our parents our kenyan parents have are abdicating abdicating their responsibilities are you aware that uh, there are some parents who would wouldn't mind taking their um, class four class three children to boarding schools um <laughs> just so that they can get away from them and and these yeah. children now lack they lack that that um, fatherly that motherly touch yes um, yes it, it lowers their esteem and you know psychologically that has an it's effect. a sad situation the, yes it's a yeah, sad situation by the time by the time they go to to high school they're complete i would suggest even if you a child has to be taken to uh boarding school, boarding school. probably uh, 10 uh, 10 10 11 12 years thereabout. Mm-hmm. but below mm-hmm. these are still children who still need to be very close to their parents remember in uh, boarding schools um, mm-hmm. It is everybody kind of. For I, I'm saying I'm, I apply it loosely. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. to uh, everybody to for himself and God for us. Yeah. All. Because when you, <laughs> you are there, you just have to, to to take care of yourself because everybody is uh, concerned with this, uh, you know, with himself. There's no. So, so yeah. If, no. if a child, yeah, if a, if a child is too tender, then can can really get hurt emotionally, uh, and it it might wow. affect. Um, uh, you know his future his or her future growth so so, so, so i i wouldn't no, I, I wouldn't really suggest that we put we we have more boarding schools the ones that we have are enough let's improve on them and uh, let's mm-hmm. even create more and more day schools uh perfect yeah, that would be my i think point. i think that's 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 a great point to pose i don't think we have um uh covered everything that you could cover about boarding schools. Of course, we wanted to, first of all, start and reflect whether the instructional practices in boarding schools are anyway different from the instructional practices in day schools. Why are boarding schools supposedly, in most countries in Africa, performing better than the day schools? There are a number of factors, not just teaching. I know that for most uh, most countries, the boarding schools are also normally the better resource schools in terms of infrastructure yes. uh, yeah, yeah. compared to day schools. But having said that, I think there are still sticky issues for us to unravel. The thinking about contact hours, the more I teach students, the more they learn, or the thinking about I need to finish the syllabus fast so that I can come back later and actually I help the supposed slow learners. The, the dichotomy and the tension about uh on teaching for examination or teaching for teaching or teaching to finish the syllabus it's like we are under siege on so many different directions and i think part of what we really need to stop and reflect on as we think about all these things is what is learning what constitutes learning and how can we reorient our reorient our instructional practices in our in the continent to actually teach for learning how does a lesson plan for learning looks like compared to a lesson plan for teaching for content looks like that is part of what will be ha- i mean we'll be digging now deep into now that we've gotten a general sense of what's going on in our schools we started with ghana we had a conversation with tanzania now we just had a conversation from kenya as a window in reflecting on issues related to boarding schools we now want to come back and just dig into specific instruments that are common lesson plan. If I'm teaching for learning and I'm teaching for teaching, what are some of the different unique aspects that I will include in my lesson plan? That's what we are likely to be discussing next week. And we'll try and get um, people, somebody from Africa, but also somebody from outside Africa so that we can actually compare notes. So please make sure you don't miss next Sunday's show. It's been a great pleasure having 
James with us. And also I want to salute James. He did not come alone. He is he came with a whole crew. So I've seen so many people from Kenya joining in to actually applaud and cheer James for the work that he has done in the education sector. We have some of his students here acknowledging that and colleagues. And of course, of course, just the wealth of knowledge that he has. So it's been a pleasure hosting James Ngugi, a senior principal from Kenya with 26 years teaching experience, 13 years uh, experience as a principal. And thank you very much for all of us who joined us from different parts of Africa. I know there were a number of us from Rwanda. We had somebody from Iran at the beginning, and of course, other people from outside Africa. This is the Sunday afternoon show. We are 15 minutes over time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.